Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under Networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of The Bird Calls. I am your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. T-minus something days away from Las Vegas, Ali. But more importantly than that, we're 12 days away from the NBA draft. And, of course, everybody's anticipating we're taking Zion number one. But after that, things could get a lot more interesting than they appear right now. We're still very hopeful that the Pelicans are going to bounce back into the first round with some kind of draft day scenario for Anthony Davis. Teams are going to want to get him that night so that they can – uh, lure in other free agents like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And because of what Kawhi Leonard is doing for the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals right now, I think teams are going to open their eyes to wanting to take a risk on Anthony Davis on a one-year rental because they see the dividends that it's paid with both Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, first up, before we dive on into our NBA scouting uh, guest here today, we're going to introduce Ali Cosell, our editor-in-chief to thebirdrights.com. Ali, you enjoying the finals, man? Oh, man, yeah. Kawhi Leonard's bringing back memories of watching Michael Jordan for me. Just the, what, what he can do on the court, taking on double teams. That mid-range jumper is just flawless. So, I'm, yeah, it's been a great series so far. I expect the Warriors not to keel over, but we'll, we'll see. But I'm more interested today to talk to Trevor because I want to ask him, especially why John Morant is number six on the step-backs uh, rankings, prospect rankings. Oh, here Ollie goes. He's he's diving right on in. Of course, we've got Trevor Magnotti here. He's our guest from the Step Back. We're thrilled to have him. We're going to grill him on some NBA draft questions. First of all, thanks for joining us, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. And you guys can follow him at Illegal Screens. Uh, Trevor, tell our listeners a bit more about where they can find your work. Yeah, so I am kind of the lead draft writer for the Step Back, um, which is through fans, uh, fan sided their basketball vertical. And then I also do a lot of draft work for my um, 
kind of where I came came up at Fear the Sword, um, the Cavs blog for SB Nation. Um, so as a Cavs fan, I am absolutely loving what is happening to the Warriors right now. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not going to hold it against you that you left SB Nation for fan-sided, sir. Uh, but lead draft writer, pretty cool. So you have a lot of intel and knowledge over what fans should be anticipating coming up in this draft on June 20th. So we're going to dive right on in. Before we get into other potential uh, draft day moves that the Pelicans could make, let's start off with the man of the hour, Zion Williamson. Let us know uh, not just your evaluation of Zion, but what you anticipate he could translate into in the NBA. Yeah, so... Zion is is a very interesting prospect to be the one guy who projects to have star talent because he he definitely has the makings of being something that's going to be a multi-time all-star but actually trying to parse out what his value is going to end up being to a team in his prime is actually a little challenging um I think that he's a lot like Giannis in that way where you can tell this guy's gonna be good you just aren't really sure kind of how that's gonna end up actually looking when he gets in the league I mean one of the most athletic players we've ever seen come out of the draft um has some really interesting skills that maybe aren't as developed as we've seen in the past with guys like Marco Fultz and Ben Simmons um with the way that the way that they had kind of very well fleshed out skills in college where Zion is more kind of just this athletically dominant guy who hints at a lot of other a lot of other things that he could do um in particular I think that he's got some dribbling um potential as like a primary creator he's got the ability to to drive to the rim and finish it at an elite level which is going to be huge for him I think there's potential that he can shoot and there's potential that even despite his kind of short stature he's going to be a guy that you can use as a rim protector on defense and kind of use as a defensive anchor and it's just going to be a matter of what level he reaches in all of those areas to determine kind of how good he ends up being but I mean, he, I think in terms of just pure prospects, I think that you have to put him on the level of a Carl Anthony Towns in Anthony Davis, a Luka Doncic for the best guys that we've seen be potential number one picks in the last decade. Yeah, I mean, we're, we've been trying to classify him and we've gotten all sorts of crazy comparisons, you know, from some kind of hybrid of a Blake Griffin to some people going really head over heels and throwing around LeBron James, which we don't think is fair. And I know other people's opinions who I value also don't think that's fair. But uh, if you were to make one comparison real quick before we move on, how, what, you know, give me one, one, two, three players that you think that Zion best reflects uh, those attributes. Well, I think in terms of kind of what his value is going to be in the first few years of the week, I think that Blake Griffin is a good answer there because I think that he is going to be similar in the way where Blake came in and wowed immediately with his athleticism but didn't really start to flesh out the skills that are so big in his game right now until he teamed up with Chris Paul and we got into kind of like his third fourth fifth seasons in the league but he was a guy who consistently every year added something to his game and got a lot better. And I think that that's kind of the trajectory that I see Zion Williamson taking. I think that he's probably going to be kind of just like a dunk contest guy um, and transition weapon in year one and may not be bringing a ton of team value. But I think that he's a guy that I can consistently project adding and adding and adding things to his game uh, just because of how much his 
athleticism is going to open up for him. Um, I think in the way that you can use him on offense, I think that using him ideally, he's not as good of a shooter, but using him in a similar way to the way that the Timberwolves use Towns is going to be kind of an optimal offensive setup for him because I think that then you really get use of his passing ability out of the post, which is phenomenal, um, his potential running pick and rolls, and then also you can kind of use him as a traditional big as well. Just kind of every aspect of what you would ask a big to do, a big man to do, you can probably ask Zion to do. So I think that that's, that's kind of, while they're completely different body types and completely different um, physical specimens, I think I think that the way that the Timberwolves use Cat on offense is where I would see Zion kind of being optimally when he actually gets to the point where he can be your number one scorer. All music to our ears. I think we're kind of hoping that he can be some version of Draymond Green on the defensive end and a more athletic version of Julius Randle on the offensive end. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and, and go down the top 10. Uh, obviously, the Pelicans are hoping to get back into the top five uh, in a deal with either the Los Angeles Lakers or the New York Knicks. So let's just go through some of these draft candidates. Uh, of course, there's John Morant, who you've covered in depth, Jarrett Culver, RJ Barrett, uh, some version of DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish rounding out. Uh, somewhere in that top eight as well. It's a couple of point guards. Just give us a quick rundown of each of these players, which one you think is a surefire can't miss player, which one has all-star potential and which one you think is the safest pick. Well, in terms of can't miss there, there aren't any it's Zion and that's it. Um, this, this draft is a lot weaker than we're, than we're used to. This is definitely not last year where I think there were probably six maybe seven or eight guys who projected comfortably to be really really good rotation players in the in the NBA at the very minimum and you had star talent probably going through the entire top five um this year it's Zion and the field and the field is guys I would probably have projected in like the eight to twelve range last year um so Barrett I think is my number two guy I have him being kind of the the closest thing to all all star talent that you're going to find in this draft. I think that he is going to get every shot in the world to be a really good playmaker and kind of secondary to, to even maybe primary scorer. And I think, I think that he has enough to his game, enough diversity in the way that he can get shots up enough, um, enough, ways to improve his game as well that are projectable that I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to be an all-star type talent. I also think that Jarrett Culver is on that tier as well. I think that he's probably going to be another guy that takes kind of a slow burn to get there. It's going to be a few years before he really starts to achieve his peak. But I mean, he just has all the makings of being like a Joe Johnson type where he kind of builds and builds and builds to his game is a solid two-way player isn't anything ever spectacular but he's a guy that you can rely on on the on both ends to do his job and play at a really high level um so I think I think that he kind of fits into this category as well but those are kind of the only two guys outside of Zion that I think have really any potential to be um even like fringe all-star type talents I'm Scott Trout CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. 
where a partner men can count on. Contact Cordell, Cordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Yeah, you pretty much nailed uh, our next favorite. Um, after, of course, John Morant, we, uh, we're we heading over heels for that guy for some reason, a lot of us, but Jared Culliver, that's one that we're really high on as well. And we're hoping that if the Pelicans do trade up to say three or four, that we would take him. And I think a lot of us would take him even ahead of RJ Barrett, but it's interesting to hear your comments that you're really high that he's still, you know, got a lot of projection left because I've got a lot of question marks with Barrett myself. But let's quickly jump into John Morant and why do you think he, he rates lower than both Barrett, Culliver, and even Kobe White? I think that Morant is getting a lot more credit than he kind of deserves at this point in terms of kind of projecting him to be like a surefire valuable player in in the league I think that there is definitely a large likelihood that he is going to really struggle next year if I had to if I had to pick one player out of this draft class to be the guy who has the Colin Sexton or Kevin Knox year that that those guys had this year where they were without a doubt, probably the worst players in the league in terms of the amount they were playing compared to their value. I think it's probably going to be Morant. I think that he is going to really struggle with the strength and athleticism of the NBA that he that's needed. I think that he's going to struggle as he works on his shot and tries to get that improved and also his decision-making and processing of the game while he gets a lot of credit for it because he's a really good transition playmaker in the half court I have some significant questions about how he's going to be able to run and manage half court offense and I think when you combine all of those things together he's a guy who looks a lot more like a Dennis Smith Jr. or Brandon Jennings type to me than he does like a Damian Willard or a Kyrie Irving or you know the top point guards that we see come out of come out of the draft in the last few years and just the way that I structure my board I really don't value guys who have a all-star potential but also have like a high bust likelihood and I think that Morant while he may not be out of the league at the end of his rookie contract I think that he is going to be a guy who's not providing value to a winning team whereas I think White while he's not flashy, he, at the very least, I think can project comfortably to be like a Jeff T type, like maybe he's like the 11th or 12th best point guard in the league, but a guy who can fit into a team system really well and be a really competent player for a good team. I think that I would value that a lot higher than I value Morant, who is talent just kind of for the sake of talent, but you really have to invest a ton in to really get him to the point where he's providing any value for you in terms of winning games. Now, one thing we haven't discussed yet is this really diminishes the value of any potential packages from the New York Knicks, as well as the Los Angeles Lakers. If those picks rounding out the top five, two, three, four, five, uh, don't have the present value that we thought would headline a deal, uh, then it appears that a a team like the Clippers or the Celtics would race out front. And that's going to bring me to our next section. Obviously, we'd love to grill you about Jackson Hayes, Brandon Clark, uh, Cam Reddish, among others. But the likelihood is that the Pelicans probably aren't going to fall in to that area of the draft if anything they're going to take a couple of picks from the boston celtics which uh have three picks from between 14 and 22 they've got the 14th the 20th and the 22nd so let's go to that section of the draft talk about guys like nasir little romeo langford nikhail alexander walker uh some of the guys that you think might project in that area and who the pelicans should take a swing at in that in those respective spots 
Well, I think if you're if you're drafting down at that and you're really looking for two things, I think you're looking for like high upside plays and you're trying to take kind of the home run swings on guys who might not pan out but aren't going to burn you because you're spending uh, the 20th pick on them as opposed to like the fifth pick. Um, it's a lot different conversation down lower in the drafts. And I think that you really want to look for guys who are going to be ideal fits next to Zion Williamson, obviously. Um, so I think that that means that you need to find shooters. You need to find guys who are going to be comfortable playmaking. Um, and I think, I think that those two things are really, are really important there. And maybe if you're looking at a big, that can kind of absorb kind of the bigger bodies in the league. Um, that might be a role that would be beneficial as well. So guys like that for sh- for shooters, I really like Cam Johnson of North Carolina. I think that he would be a great fit next to Zion. Um, probably the best shooter among the wings in the in this draft, able to kind of shoot off movement and just moves the ball really well. I liken him a lot to Kevin Herter last year, who panned out pretty well for the Hawks, and I think that Johnson could be similar. Um, in terms of secondary playmakers, if you're picking at 14, Romeo Langford makes a ton of sense. Um, I think that his shooting was really affected by his thumb injury that he suffered at the beginning of the year. And I think that he looks like the prototypical kind of secondary playmaker three and D type that um, every team needs a ton, a ton of. So I think that he would be a really valuable option there. And then in terms of the big men, um, I think that they could really kind of take a gamble and look at a guy like Nick Claxton of Georgia. Um, He would be a really interesting option next to Zion because he is really good defending out on the perimeter. Zion's obviously really good defending at the rim. You can kind of play them together as a functional big tandem on defense. And then on offense, you kind of flip them, have Claxton take the traditional five role where then you've got Zion playing, playing a traditional four role or even playing a little bit more perimeter oriented. And I think that you get a really good value there for pairing next to uh, next to Zion's skill set. He's going to take a little bit, a lot of development to get to the point where he's a functional player, but like that's the type of upside swing I would want to take because he fits really well next to Williamson if his skill set pans out. Yeah, you just nailed some good names as well, again. So let me ask you this, Trevor. With the 39th pick, I know that it's a crapshoot and nobody hardly gets us anything right really past 10, but give me two names that you think the Pelicans should really look hard at that you think may be there at 39 with the Pelicans' um, second-round pick this season. Ooh, that's a, that's a good question because, again, the value between kind of like the 20 20- – I would put like the 25th pick and probably like the top 10 guys that are going to go undrafted is pretty similar. Um, so there are some guys, there are probably some guys that you could get at the back end of the first round who are, are probably going to be available at 39. Um, so immediately jumping off the page to me is a, getting a guy like Terrence Davis of Ole Miss. I think that he would be a really good fit just in terms of getting a guy who may not be elite at any of the three things that you need a perimeter player to do really well, but he's a really good dribbler, a really good shot maker off the dribble, and also a really good point of attack defender. And I think that getting that guy to play the two guard and would be really good. I think that he would be like a Etuan Moore type in terms of just kind of what his skill set would be. And I think that he could be potentially valuable getting another guy like that. Um, And then kind of looking at, looking at the other 
players who might who might make sense. There's a guy I really like from overseas who may might make a lot of sense, particularly if the Pelicans are looking for again kind of that three and D wing to put around Zion, and that's Yovel Zusman of Israel. Um, he played at Maccabi Tel Aviv last year and actually started to get some Euroleague minutes at the end of the season and looks pretty good. He reminds me a lot of I. Uh, the, probably the Cavs' best prospect right now, Jetty Osman, in terms of just being mm. a guy who has the ability to handle a little bit, is a great weapon in transition, and then just is a really flexible and really solid defender. And I think that he would be a really nice fit around Williams. And also he gives you the flexibility of you can leave him over in Europe for a year to kind of incubate if – it comes to the point where maybe the Pelicans are getting a little bit more back in the Anthony Davis trade than they expected. And they want to kind of try to push to be a little bit more competitive. You know, he gives you the flexibility there. So I think that he would be a really nice option as well. Davis is kind of my favorite four-year senior in the class. And in terms of kind of the guys who are on the fringes and then Zeusman's my favorite international prospect. So those are the types of guys that you want to bet on the second round. This has been terrific stuff, Trevor. Uh, Ali, unless you have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. You guys can find his work at Illegal Screens and at The Step Back, where he is the principal draft writer. Uh, Trevor, we really appreciate your time. Really great stuff on the NBA draft. Once again, just tell our listeners a bit more about where they can find some information about you and your work at The Step Back. Yeah, so you can find find me again on Twitter at Illegal Screens. Um, you'll find all of my um all of my writing there for both Step Back and Fear the Sword. You can also find my podcast on iTunes in the Fear the Sword podcast network called Thick Jack Frames. Um, kind of just a draft draft podcast through the Cavs lens. Um, but a lot of good inform good information there. I did a mock draft um on my last one that um basically just went off of my board. You'll never guess who the Pelicans ended up with, but uh, um, yeah, it was Zion Williamson. Um, uh, The rest of of the draft was was good trying to just find like the ideal fits for kind of each first round prospect and each team um, based on kind of how I value guys. So, so uh, you can find that um, as well. We greatly appreciate it. We'd love to have you back on to break down some of the lesser known quantities that the Pelicans might walk away the NBA draft with. Get your expert take on them. Ali Cosell, our editor-in-chief. You can follow him at Ali Cosell. Ali, anything uh, burning in the fire, sir? No, not really. I mean, I've got a bunch of million ideas, but nothing's really been put pen to, or pen to paper yet. So, All right. Stay tuned, y'all. We've got a lot more podcasts coming in the, the oncoming days, some that we're really, really excited about. Uh, specifically on Wednesday, but we've got a couple tomorrow, Monday, and Tuesday as well. David Grubb's going to be throwing some at you guys as well. So thank you as always for sticking with us. Of course, if you like us, you know the drill. Rate, subscribe, like, share, anything you can do to help us. We greatly appreciate it. For now, hey, let's go pals. Thank you for listening to the Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.